0: I wonder if we could turn in our Bibles tonight to the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 57, and we're going to read from uh, verse 13 of the portion of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 57, and beginning our reading at the 13th verse of the chapter. Isaiah 57, verse 13. When thou criest, let thy companies deliver thee, but the wind shall carry them all away. Vanity shall take them, but he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain and shall say, Cast ye up, cast ye up, prepare the way, take up the stumbling block out of the way of my people. For thus saith the high and lofty one, that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also, that is, of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. For I will not contend forever, neither will I always be wroth, for the spirit shall fail before me and the souls which I have made. For the iniquity of his covetousness was I wroth, and smote him. I hid me, and was wroth, and he went out, went on frowardly in the way of his heart. I have seen his ways, and will heal him. I will lead him also, and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. I create the fruit of the lips, peace, peace to him, that is far off, and to him that is near, saith the Lord, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters is cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Amen. We know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his precious word to our hearts. Let's just unite at the throne of grace in prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy precious word to our hearts. We do thank thee that thou dost speak peace to those that are humble and lowly. And Lord, as we come in the humble, lowly place and uh, own ourselves as sinners before thee, we do thank thee that thou art willing and ready and not only willing, but Lord, thou art delighted to bring us in. We thank Thee that our Savior went all the way to the cross of Calvary in order to bring uh, His guilty, hell-deserving sinners to Himself. And so, our Father, we pray that Thou wouldst bless us tonight, and we pray that Thou wouldst uh, draw near to us, and we pray that even as we deal with these lofty subjects, that even tonight we might lift up our eyes onto the hills, from whence doth come our aid. Lord, we look to thee. We pray for thy blessing. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we'd ask these things. Amen. If you look at uh, verse 15 there, it speaks of God. It says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. And in the Scripture, the great God of heaven and earth is described here in relation to eternity. He is the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity. Eternity has been defined as timelessness. It does not have a beginning and it doesn't have an end. There's no way to measure eternity. Uh, Very often uh, preachers like me, and in the midst of this message I probably will do it again, We uh, will measure eternity in terms of time. We speak about the eons of eternity or the long ages of eternity. But really, uh, measuring eternity by time is a misnomer because eternity really is outside of time. It's without beginning and it's without end. There's never going to be a time when there is no eternity. And I think of uh, what uh, we see here in this portion of Scripture, and we recognize that not only is there eternity, but we recognize that now our souls are immortal. They will go on. There's never going to be a time when when our soul ceases. There's never going to be a time when our spiritual being goes out of existence. And we're going to continue... Right out into eternity. A thousand years from tonight, we will be somewhere. Ten thousand years from tonight, we will be somewhere. A million years from tonight, we will be somewhere. And you can go on and you can uh, multiply that by many times, as many times as you can think of. And when our minds have gone beyond anything that we could ever imagine, we will still be in existence. There was a clockmaker one time, and an old cobbler actually was sitting day by day, mending the shoes and hammering away uh, at the last. And in the shop there was an old-fashioned clock. And of course, as he sat there, he was in silence, and he began to listen to the swing and the tick of the clock. And he thought about the ages that passed, And as he listened to the tick of the clock, it seemed to say eternity. And then, as the pendulum of the clock swung the other way, it seemed to say eternity. Eternity, where? Eternity, where? And dear friend, that's the question that you need to face tonight. Where will you spend eternity? This question comes to you and to me Tell me what will your answer be, where will you spend eternity? We're told here that the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, the all-powerful God, the omniscient God, the one who is uh, omnipresent, is also infinite. He inhabits eternity. And I want us just to think about where we will be in God's eternity this evening is a subject that's beyond our uh, imagination. and am I'm really taking on an impossible task to try and get us to think about eternity. And yet within the souls of men and women, there is an acknowledgement. You think of the Egyptians. The largest pyramid in Egypt is the one for Khufu, uh, an Egyptian pharaoh. And studies have revealed that it took 6,700 Highly skilled men, let alone slaves, and 20 years of labor in order to rec- erect that uh, pyramid. And why did Kaufu do all of that? Because there was, even in his heathen mind, an acknowledgement that there was something beyond death. Dear friend, if you're wise tonight, you will consider what it is for you beyond death. I cannot answer for you where you'll spend eternity. Only you and God can answer that question. If I could answer it for you, I would. There are many people who have gone out into eternity, and we have questions about whether they were right with God or not. And if I could answer the question for the loved ones as to where they are, I would, but I can't. I Only you and God will be able to determine where you will spend eternity. So tonight for a few minutes, we just want in a very simple way to think, especially for the unsaved tonight in our meeting or those that are listening on, we want to apply this thought to your heart about eternity. And first of all, I want us to think about the certainty of eternity. Just because it's hard for our heads to get around this and because it's a concept that's beyond our experience, doesn't mean that eternity doesn't exist. You think of how it is called here, the dwelling place of God, and you look ahead tonight, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, however long you might have. But then what happens after that? And really, that's what it is. Eternity stretches beyond this life and right out eh, a thousand years, a million years that we said. And I want you to see that the Bible speaks about eternity. The Lord Jesus said to his people, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You think about the many times that the Bible speaks about everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when the Bible speaks about eternal life and everlasting life, it's got to refer to something. There's no point in promising something that's eternal if it doesn't exist. And the Bible testifies to the reality of eternal life. And I think I've already hinted at the illustration that I used about the Egyptians, that there's something in your heart that testifies to eternal life there's something in the human heart that rebels against death we find death to be hard to speak about we find death as a concept we uh, consider it to be a curse and when we as a conscious reasoning creature face the reality of death we find something alien about death there's something alien about it And we feel this tension, we feel this fear of death, and we think of all of these things that pertain to our mortality and all the rest of it. But I think that this alien feeling about death, that there must be something beyond this life, that is something, an awareness of eternity, that there's something of the vanity that cannot be answered or satisfied by the vanity of this world. And we, uh, there are those that will tell us that when we die, we go into the ground, and that's the end of it. But my, that's a, a message of despair and a message of hopelessness. But, but dear friend, we think of how in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, Ecclesiastes, God speaks about placing an eternal longing, a sense of eternity in the soul. And There is that within your heart. And I hope that as you look tonight, you recognize that there is something alien about death. There is something. We were not created in the beginning to die. We were created that we would live with God throughout all eternity. It's the curse of sin that has brought death into this world. And there's something alien about death and being cut off from this world. And dear friend, that's the testimony in our hearts to eternity. But not only does the Bible speak about eternity, and not only does our heart give testimony to eternity, but we think about how there is that proof of eternity. And what is that? Well, it is the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is the clearest evidence that we have that eternity is real. His resurrection is the basis of our faith. And it is the basis of everlasting life that is promised in the world. And he has, through his death there and resurrection, he has conquered gr- the grave and the, he has conquered death. And for his people, he has abolished that physical death. We, we do die, we go into the ground. But our souls live for all eternity. And one day those bodies Will be resurrected. And we think of how Paul was able to look death in the face and he was able to say, O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? And we can see that our Saviour is the first fruits of that great resurrection. And it says in Hebrews 5 and 9 of Christ that being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them. That will obey him. He is the author of eternal salvation. And I hope tonight that you have that eternal salvation in your heart. But not only do I want you to think about the certainty of eternity, but I want you to think about the challenge of eternity. Because if there is an eternal uh, eternity out there, then you and I are going to spend eternity somewhere. We must spend eternity somewhere. The time will not come when we'll cease to be. We cannot pass out into nowhere. There is somewhere that we must be in eternity. Men, as we say sometimes, try to uh, say that we will cease to be, that we're just like a dog that is put into the ground and that is the end of it. But I was reading on the internet there, and somebody who claimed to be an atheist has said, he asked a question on one of the sites that gets gets answers to your questions, and he said this, for the longest time, I've had a strong conviction we cease to exist upon death, no afterlife, no reincarnation. This view has never seriously been challenged. But he then went on and he said that while he felt that this view had never been cheer- seriously uh, challenged, he said this, I would like to change that. So whoever the writer was, and he claimed to be an atheist, he claimed that his view that there was no nothing after death came from an atheistic view. He's, he found no satisfaction in that. He found no comfort in that, like the beast that he was cast into the ground. And there he was, and he was pleading for somebody to come and to disprove the fact to him that he was cast into the ground. And of course, the Bible reveals the answer to all of his need. It is in the Lord Jesus Christ. So dear friend, if there's an eternity, and there is, then you will spend eternity somewhere. And the other thing that you need to remember is that there are two places that you can spend it. We can can spend eternity in heaven, or we can spend eternity in hell. There's no other place but those two. In the book of Revelation, chapter 21, we have a description of heaven. And in Luke, chapter 16, we have a description of hell. The exact location of heaven and the exact location of hell is not from something that we can say with any degree of certainty. We can give indications. The Bible speaks about heaven above and about hell beneath, and we can give that indication, but that's not the point. Heaven is a place of holiness. Hell is a place of violence and misery and hate. Heaven is a place of happiness and love. Hell is a place of outer darkness where there's weeping and wailing, and gnashing of of teeth. Heaven is a place where we'll be with Christ. Hell is a place where we'll be with the devil and his angels. So there are two places where you can spend eternity. You will be with the profane and the, uh, the blasphemous and the vile, or you will be with those that have been made holy in the precious blood of Christ. The poet said, Lo, on a narrow neck of land, Midst two unbounded seas I stand, secure and sensible. A point of time, a moment's space, removes me to that heavenly place, or shuts me up in hell. Dear friend, that's the choice. In 1916, one of the premier poets of the 20th century, Robert Frost, was walking in the woods with a friend of his, and the two of them came uh, to the place in the woods that they'd frequently be walking into, and they came to a, a fork in the road in the woods, and the two looked at each other which way they were going to go, and they, uh, they uh, went into one way, but Frost afterwards began to think about that, and he wrote the famous line, somewhere were ages, and ages hence two roads diverge in a wood, And I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And dear friend, I wonder tonight, have you taken the right road? Are you on the road to heaven? The Lord Jesus spoke in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, and he said, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go in there at that. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Two different roads with two different destinies. Two different destinations. Both of them eternal. One is in heaven and the other is in hell. I wonder which way you are going this evening. But there's something else about the challenge of eternity. Not only will you spend eternity somewhere, and there are two different places where you can spend it, but I want you to say, see that the question of where you will spend eternity is the most important question that you'll ever face in your life. You know, we uh, spend our time in this life uh, wondering whether we will live a life of luxury or wealth, or whether we live amongst the privations of poverty. We wonder whether we'll have a life with uh, friendly companions or a life that we live amid, amid bitter foes. Will I spend a life of health and happiness or will I spend a life of weariness and sorrow? How anxious we are about these questions. And yet so many pass over the most important question. Suppose I have money and wealth. Suppose I live elegantly and fare sumptuously every day. And I am able to holiday in, the, in Florida or in the Caribbean or the Canary Islands or in Australia. And I have a wonderful life. And I pass the few years that I have here and go out into eternity and land in that place of weeping and gnashing and uh, uh, weeping and uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. What will it profit me if I gain the whole world and lose my soul? On the other hand, if I live a life of privation, and if I live a life where I have not sufficient to feed me and I have shabby clothes, and I live a life of unhappiness, and it's not necessarily that a life like that is unhappy, but say that I have lived a life like that, and at the end of my life, I go to that mansion, to the place where there is uh, streets that are paved with gold, where I enter within the mansion that the Lord Jesus Christ has prepared for me. I might live 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 80 years. But what then? You see, eternity spaces out before us. Eternity lies rolling out throughout all it's vastness. And dear friend, more important than where I'm going is where or wh- how I go is where I'm going to. You see, I might travel through this life and I might have first class carriage. But it's where I'm going to is going to make the, make the difference. I might tr- r- r- go through this life in a third class carriage. And I might have all uh, a very uh, hard bench to sit upon throughout this life. But dear friend, if you're traveling a deluxe train that's leading you to a lost eternity, where, what is it going to benefit you? You know, people look at the millionaires of this life, and the billionaires, and the multi-billionaires, and those men and women are going down to a lost eternity, and people envy them. I don't envy them tonight. They're poor wretches. They're going to end up in a place where their comforts and all of the benefits that they have are taken from them. Dear friend, where will you spend eternity? The story is told about a jester way back in the days when the jester's in the kingly royal courts, And this man entertains the king with all of his foolishness. And one day the king was so pleased with what the jester and the laughter that he'd brought forth, that he gave the jester a, a, a staff. And he said to him, he said, if you ever meet a, a greater fool than you, give him this staff. And the years passed. And then the king sunk down into, uh, into illness, and it was his last illness. And the man, in the midst of all of his, all, all of his uh, uh, pain and aches, wanted a little bit of relief, so he sent for the jester. And the jester came in and the jester said to him, he said, sire, you are going to a destination. You are going to a place that's going to last for all eternity. He said, you have made many preparations during your life, but have you made preparation for this last journey that goes beyond death? And the king had to say to the jester, he said, No, I have made no preparations. And the jester took the staff that the king had given him many years before, and he passed it to the king. He said, Sire, with all due respect, I have met the biggest fool that there ever was because you have not made preparation for eternity. I wonder if you, have you made preparation." Have you made that provision for eternity? And it is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is found in the only one who is able to save and is able to lift you out of that place of uh, of death and out of that place of despair. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the center cross of Calvary and is able to save to the uttermost all that come unto God by him. Here's the challenge of eternity, dear friend. Where will you spend eternity? Have you prepared to meet your God? But one more thing I want you to see tonight, and that's the conviction about eternity. You see, men, women, we can know where we spend eternity. It is possible to have a knowledge about where we will spend eternity. Some people think it's guesswork, Some people think it's presumptuous to say that you can know where you'll spend eternity. But you think of what the Lord Jesus said about eternity. He said, yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. He said, I'm going into a spiritual place. I go unto him that sent me. Paul knew about eternity. He said, for to me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. What possible gain could death be if there's no eternity? He said, "I have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better." How is he going to be with Christ if he's dead and that's the end of it? And still again, we think of how he wrote to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter four and verses seven and eight, and he said, "I fought a good fight, I have finished the course." I've kept the faith. And then he says, Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not unto me only, but also unto all those that love his appearing. And I want you to see that you can know that there is an eternity, and we can see how that the apostle here outlines it. And we think about the saints and the apostles And we read in the Bible their conviction about eternity. There's a young missionary by the name of David Appleby. And he was on his deathbed. And he was, uh, as it were, heaven was calling. And as he passed out into eternity, this young missionary, David Appleby, said, "I I didn't know it could be so beautiful. All is well with my soul. And as this man, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, passed out into eternity, said, I, I didn't know it could be so beautiful. Think of D.L. Moody. He knew where he would spend eternity. As he was slipping away from this life, El Moody said, this is my coronation day. I have long been looking forward to it. I know where I will spend eternity. How do we know? We know because we're trusting in the promises of God. Him that cometh unto me, he says, I will in no wise cast out. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And dear friend, anyone can know that they're on the road to glory. They can know that they're on that way to the place of highest bliss. How? By trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you trusting him tonight? Are you leaning upon him for eternity? Are you trusting in the mighty God of heaven? But one more thing I want you to see tonight, and that's the closure for eternity. You see, where we spend eternity will be settled in this life. We think of what the Lord said in John 8 and 24. He said, I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am him, him, or I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And we read in the 21st verse of the same chapter, Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. In other words, unless you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, then it's settled forever. You can't, there's not another chance. There's not another time. There are those that have advocated and said that there are schemes by which people can have a second chance. There's a book written by a man by the name of Jerry Walls that was entitled Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory. And in that, he argued that there was such a thing as after-death repentance. Well, dear friend, there is no such thing as after-death repentance. It is appointed unto man once to die, the Bible says, and after this, the judgment. So what we do with the Lord Jesus Christ is the crux of the matter tonight. Who is this Jesus? He is God's blessed Son. He is the high and lofty God that is spoken of in this portion of scripture, the one who is far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And it is what we do with Jesus that is the uh, crux of where we will spend eternity. We think of that uh, time when the Lord Jesus Christ stood before Pilate, and that question was asked, what shall I do with Jesus, which is called the Christ? The Bible says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Listen again. It says, The Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So there you have an eternity of destruction. How is it determined where you'll go? Whether you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you have obeyed his claims upon you. Whether you've bowed the knee to the one who is our great substitute. The one who left the realms of glory. The one who came to die on the cross to pay the price of sin who took our punishment upon him and by whose stripes we are healed. Dear friend, here is the crux and here is the determiner of where you will spend eternity. What is Christ to you? What does he mean to you tonight? Is he your savior? Do you know him? Has he washed your sins away? Are you cleansed in the precious blood of the lamb? then dear friend, you can say that you're on the way to heaven. You will spend eternity in that place of highest bliss. But if the answer tonight is that you've avoided Christ and despised Christ and you've rejected his word and his call to come to him, then the answer for eternity, you're on the road to destruction. You're on the road to everlasting destruction and that place Of where the wrath of God abideth on you for all eternity. Dear friend, I want to tell you tonight, this is the most vital thing of all. Where will you spend eternity? There is an eternity. You must spend eternity somewhere. You will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And the determiner of where you'll spend eternity... It's Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. My friend, whither goest thou? Where will you spend eternity? Make sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Make sure that you have life eternal and come to the one who is the life and is able to save you to the uttermost. Will you come and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord? Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Our loving God and our gracious Father in heaven, we do recognize the reality of eternity. Even our hearts uh, testify to the fact our hearts rebel against death. or it's somehow alien to us, even though we know that every one of us will die physically. But Lord, we recognize that there's something alien about death, and we recognize that there is an eternity. But Lord, we pray that men and women, and those who are maybe tuning in tonight, may be wise, and that they might make sure that eternity will be spent in the presence of God. So, Lord, bless thy word. Write it upon our hearts tonight for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to sing uh, that last hymn there. I think it's Where Will You Spend Eternity? 265 or 256. Where Will You Spend Eternity? This question comes to you and me. Tell me, what will your answer be? Where will you spend eternity? And that's the question tonight. That's the question that we've been facing you with. And as you sing the words, may that question ring in your heart tonight. We'll stand as we sing this last hymn. Our loving God and our gracious Father, we pray that there may be none who will one day say, lost throughout all eternity, but, O oh God, that each one will be able to say, saved throughout all eternity. Bless thy word and write it upon hearts. Part us in thy fear and with thy blessing. Take us to homes in safety and may grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, rest abide with thy people both now and in the incoming days for Jesus' sake. Amen.